0: please pray with me. Lord God, I thank you for bringing us here together today, Lord, around around your table, Lord, to worship you. I pray that you would place your words in my mouth, Lord, that you would open our ears and our hearts that we might hear you and be transformed by you, and that you would do your redeeming work in us today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Good morning. How are you all today? Good. I'm so glad to hear that. My fish. Everyone like it. It actually belongs to our youngest daughter, Ella. It's her fish. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. What is the name, Lena? What's the fish's name? Goldfishy. That's what our daughter, our youngest daughter, calls it. She named it Goldfishy. It's a beta or a fighting fish. Uh, you know, and it's pretty cool these tanks because. You can really conduct your scientific process in one of these, right? You can observe the fish. You can use your skills of deduction and um, things to figure out about the fish and understand it because you've got a clear view of it from anywhere. right? It has this little like wispy kind of plasticky plant thing in there, but there is no hiding in this tank, is there? I mean, the fish can't go anywhere that it's outside of your sight. You can always find that fish, especially because it's kind of like brilliant red and purple. Hard to blend in anywhere when you are that color. So, Goldfishy has this interesting experience where it is always under observation. If we are in the room, we can see Goldfishy. Sometimes I feel like that in my life. I feel like Goldfishy. Anyone ever felt like that before? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like that in our house. The rectory, I love the place. It is great and I love living there, but sometimes it's a little weird. Right? Because we live right next to the school that our kids go to. So all the families that we know are always walking by our house in the morning and the afternoon. And sometimes when they're walking by and we're getting ready for school, things are falling apart. (laughs) Anyone ever been there before? Right? Kids don't want the socks on or the shoes on or the lunch or, you know, and it's hard. Yeah, and then they they might hear an adult or two raise their voice (laughs) or a child raise their voice. Right? And and the casual observer of our house can tell that it is somehow associated with this church. You know it's inside the same fence? Right? And what might that lead them to believe about the person who lives in the house? (laughs) That yeah, they're somehow associated with the church too. And if they know us better, they know that I'm in, you know, I'm the rector of the church. I'm the priest. And so they might assume that since I am the priest of the church, that I'm also a Christian, that's right, yes, good. I hope that's apparent. Because, and so, when they hear the screams emanating from the house, or the kind of like fight over the shoe or whatever happens to be the fight, then they might assume that there's something wrong with us, right? They might interpolate from that that, oh, look at see how those Christians live. Sometimes it's a little terrifying living in the house right there at the church where all our friends walk by every day and people we don't know either because I've been outside the house when they're screaming and you can hear it (laughs) I know for sure from first hand experience that it goes right through those single pane windows right onto the street even on the other side of the street sometimes you can hear it now I think our gospel passage deals with this topic as well right that living in a house where everyone can kind of see you uh, it comes in the in Matthew in the midst of a thing called the Sermon on the Mount. Anyone ever heard of that one? It was Jesus' most famous Sermon on the Mountain. And it it our passage is really neat. It's kind of in this sandwich. Uh, it is preceded by the Beatitudes. They are all those things: blessed are, blessed are, blessed are the, the meek in spirit, blessed are um, the poor, blessed are all these kind of things. And it's followed by the most The highest and most universal, the most stringent, the most intense, excuse me, presentation of the law you will ever see in your life. So it's in this sandwich here. On one side are the blessed things. On the other side is the law to its highest degree. No longer is adultery just adultery. Adultery now is, in Jesus' view, is that adultery is even thinking something lustful. No longer is murder just murder. Murder is just thinking an angry thought about your brother. Boy, who hasn't done that one? You know, Stealing is not just stealing, or coveting is not just coveting. It's just thinking of the very thing. And Jesus takes the law and turns it up to its highest level. And right in the middle of this is our passage about how we as Christians are likes to the world. Jesus points out that those who follow him are called to be his witnesses and his ambassadors on the earth. They are the salt of the earth. They are the people whom God is using to reveal himself to the nations. It is through the life and faithfulness of Christians that God is increasing his kingdom. Now, Jesus knew that the lives of his followers are living testimonies to him. I would think that's a planning mistake. Right? I would choose something else to be a living testimony to me than his follow than than me at least I don't know about you all, but I would pick maybe like a you know a good advertising campaign or something like that. but no, he chooses his followers to be his witnesses to who he is in this world Now, whether we like it or not, the world is looking at Christians to see who this person is that they follow. It is looking at Christians to see who the God is that we worship. It is looking at Christians to see what we are all about and what this God who we worship is all about. Whether our depiction is accurate or not, the world can't judge necessarily, but it determines from our actions who God is. So then how should those Christians act if the world's understanding of Jesus depends on them? What do you all think? I think one option is to go into hiding. (laughs) Right? We could buy a giant cave, maybe in Nevada. We could all kind of move underground. That's one option. That's not the one Jesus gives, unfortunately, because that would be a much simpler one. No, instead, Jesus says that we are called to several things. But they're not given in this passage. I think they occur in the passage before and the passage after, where Jesus tells us what Christians are supposed to be all about. From the preceding passage, we see that those who are in the midst of the hard times are blessed because they are being focused upon the Lord. Those who suffer can find peace because Jesus Christ is with them in the midst of those hard times. And then immediately following our passage comes the challenge of the law, which tells, it that, tells us that Christians should ruthlessly cut sin out of their lives. And at the same time, it sets the bar so infinitely high that everyone is in need of forgiveness. Christian life that Jesus calls his disciples to display is one that sees blessings in the midst of suffering, that faithfully seeks to be emptied of sin, and that accepts God's grace for their failings. Jesus Christ is calling us to the exact same thing here. We are called to be cities on the hill, to live in the fishbowl and be visible to all, to honestly wear our faith on our sleeve than to live lives that are blessed in the midst of hardship, that are continually being cleared of sin, and that are seeking and receiving grace and forgiveness from the Lord who we worship. Now, I'll tell you right now that these are not commonly held virtues in our society. Right? Anyone read the tabloids lately? Right? These are not things that most people generally hold dear to their heart. So when we live this way, when Christians live out this faith, The world will see that something different is going on in the way we live our lives. Something different is going on in the way we operate and set our priorities. Something different is happening inside of us. They will see that we are following a Lord who transforms us through his love and the power of the cross. When the world sees us living this way in honesty and humility, it will be attracted to Jesus because we'll be reflecting him. But I'll tell you what, living like goldfishy is no easy thing, is it? Living your life on display, is that a piece of cake? Anyone like it? A huge fan of it? No, it's hard. It is so complicated because we know that the stakes are so high. Our lives can either attract people to the Lord or drive them away. Those are high stakes. I find that I often think of them after I've messed up. Right? It comes in like the aftermath. I'm like, whoa, that was not good. That could have potentially very negative consequences. But the reality is that people are watching us, they are watching to see who this Lord is that we follow. But fortunately, I'm reassured by the fact that it's not by our perfection that the world will know Jesus, they will know Jesus through his awesome grace and love that transforms us into his witnesses. It's in finding God's blessing and hardship. It's in allowing the Holy Spirit to cleanse sin out of our lives. And it's in accepting God's forgiveness for that sin that we so often commit, that we will live humble, honest, and holy lives the way Jesus Christ calls us to live. It's through that walk and that relationship with him where we fall And we get picked up by the Lord and we confess our brokenness and he forgives us. It's in that dynamic relationship that the world will see what it means to follow Jesus Christ. They'll see what it means to be an active and living Christian. And they'll see how loving and forgiving and faithful this God is that we follow. If it's just about us, if it's about our righteousness showing that to the world, they're going to get a bad picture. But if we can humbly and faithfully show the world what it means, to mess up and faithfully turn back to the Lord, then we will be a living testimony to a God who is able to transform broken and hurting people into his precious gift in ministry to the world. Because the reality is, the world doesn't need another artificial Christian. They don't need another person who puts on the face, puts on the mask, fakes the funk, pretends like they've got it all together. The world's seen enough of those people and they think that maybe Christianity is all about some rule obedience and looking good on the outside. But that's not what it's about. What we are about is we are people who are broken and who are forgiven and who are living transformed lives by the grace of God. That's the challenge that Jesus gives to you and I on the Sermon on the Mount. Are we willing to be those people who will humbly come before the Lord and accept his grace? and then live open lives revealed to the world so that they can see that the Christian life is not about perfection of us, but about the perfect Lord who we worship. As we do that, as we live those lives, we will see ourselves transformed, and we will see the world around us transformed into the image of Christ. My hope for us is that we would be willing to be exposed for him. We would be willing to be open before him, and that we would be willing to be open before the world so that they can know his glory and give praise to the Father in heaven. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you for calling us us into this awesome and amazing responsibility, Lord, to be your ambassadors. I pray, Lord God, that you would make us humble ambassadors, that we would not come in our own power, that we would not think that perfection is all about us, Lord God, but that we would accept your grace, That we would accept your forgiveness and that we would faithfully love you and walk with you each and every day. Give us the humility to admit it when we mess up, Lord God. Give us the humility to seek forgiveness when we hurt another person. Lord, and may we faithfully turn back to you time and again and accept your grace and forgiveness and strength for the days ahead. Lord, and we pray that as we do this, you would do awesome things in our life and in the world around us.